Hey, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to another edition of the 20% Podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. I'm your host, Tyler Meckes. Today's guest, I am so excited to introduce Rich Cardona. For those who don't know Rich, he's the founder of Rich Cardona Media, which specializes in providing first-class video content strategy and services. Rich was phenomenal to talk to, super laid back, and very just a genuine conversation. In the conversation, we discussed building personal brand, utilizing video, and how to get started on building your brand via video, overcoming some self-limiting beliefs, how habits are more important than goals, which I'm very excited to everyone to hear about, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with my friend, Rich Cardona. Rich, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm really pumped up. Uh, we've been warming up a little bit, and I'm like, this is going to be good. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like I know you already just because of the personal brand that you're building on LinkedIn, which we're absolutely going to get into. For those who don't know Rich, he's the founder of Rich Cardona Media. He didn't start there. We're going to learn a little bit more about his upbringing as well. Uh, but over there, they, they specialize in providing first-class video content strategy and services. Rich considers himself a transition expert, or, or at least I think that he's that way. Um, so our missions align very closely. Um, he likes to help professionals and from the post-military or from military to post-military and also has some experience working um, in his career transitioning to entrepreneurship. So um, so this is going to be exciting. So Rich, before I get people to jump over to um, your podcast, uh, The Leadership Locker, which you all need to listen to, could you explain to everybody who is Rich Cardona? Yeah, man. Um, Rich Cardona is... <laughs> Even saying my own name feels ridiculously indulgent, but I uh, am am someone who has just realized now at 40 years old that settling is just something I I can't do, won't do. And all the times I have found myself in a situation where I've kind of compromised the direction I wanted to go, it's usually been um, not only a letdown, but, you know, sometimes a catastrophic experience. So, Um, What I'm here to do in this world, and it took me 30, however many years uh, to find, is to have more conversations with people that allow them uh, to get their message out there in any medium, whether it's podcasting, whether it's on video, whether it's on social, whatever it is, because we all have value to bring. And a lot of people don't know how to help that value become materialized. And and that's, I'm the conduit, man. Like that's that's what I'm here to do. I, I, I am the guy who thinks your message is actually important. Okay. Like I, I actually believe what you have to say is important and that other people should hear it. So that's what I do. That is so cool. So Rich is pretty much the, the, the megaphone to your story and your personal brand. So, um, this is, this is super, super exciting, Rich. So, uh, before Rich Cardona media, you were in the Marines as a helicopter pilot. I'm a big believer that every single experience you have, you're going to be taking something and you're going to be moving it forward. So uh, whether you're, you're a high school right now and you're in college, you're, you're working at an Arby's or, or wherever you are, or you're in the middle of your career, whatever you're doing, there's going to be lessons behind it. So for you, Rich, uh, helicopter pilot, which is incredibly badass to begin with, what's the biggest takeaway from that experience that you may be using now or just in general? So flying is like the ultimate multitasking event. Um, I mean, especially a helicopter and, and, you know, if you're an aviator, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not knocking, uh, you know, big swing or anything like that, but when you're flying, you have, you're listening, you're talking, 
you're pressing buttons, you have one hand on, you know, the collective, one hand on the cyclic, you got your foot on pedals. I mean, you are controlling so many different things all while this thing is moving, you know, at a decent speed, but vibrating all over the place. It's a lot of noise, a lot, to, a lot to listen to, a lot to look out at. And it's, it's, it made me realize when, and look, like I've had times where I'm like, why am I even flying? Like there's way more talented people than me, uh, all these different things. And then we get to Afghanistan for deployment and somehow like the skills just got sharper and sharper and sharper. And I was like, wow, like, why was I, why was I limiting myself so much? Like it, it, it was insane. Like professionally and personally, my life became so much better. You know, when I wasn't flying, I was working out when I wasn't doing this, I was studying, you know, I was reading, I was, I was watching stuff I never watched before and wanted to catch up on. So it was that experience in itself, just in the flying piece is, is one multitasking is actually, uh, is actually something that can benefit you for, for everyone. I mean, I understand what it's like to focus deeply on something, but multitasking is absolutely an avenue that can help you accomplish that. So don't think just because you're doing a bunch of different things at once that somehow you're failing. And second is, you know, the responsibility for other people. One, I, I, I never really said this before, but it was nerve wracking flying because I never wanted to make a mistake that could cost the lives of the people that were in the aircraft with me. Um, so it made me take human life very, very seriously. And, and, and I did that because I lost a lot of friends in aviation as well. So it allowed me to live my life with a lot more purpose uh, because if some of my friends who are no longer here, and I'm not trying to go a dark direction with this, by the way, no, no, I'm I just, if some of my friends weren't that are not here heard me bitch and moan about anything, they'd be like, I'm not even here, man. Like, at least you're there. At least you're with your family. So I take life very seriously, man. And, and now, you know, since, since I left, um, you know, my mindset just continues to evolve up more and more and more to just make sure that I am squeezing every ounce I can out of this life and this world. Wow. So that, that was probably such a, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry about all the loss that you've had in, in your life, but what it comes down to is I'm sure it gave you a new, another, um, focus in life of, of being where your feet is. I think that's, um, I think Jesse Itzler or someone like that says yeah. it pretty yeah. frequently, oh, yeah. right? Um, yep. But there's a couple major things that I took out of that besides multitasking and focusing. Um, it sounded like you had to overcome like a limiting self-belief that you had of telling yourself you couldn't do it. Um, but then you went out there and you excelled and you sharpened those skills. Is that how you see life regularly as well? Like, you know, I know that there was, there were some things where, um, I mean, to get where you are today with doing all of the media, you had no idea what you were doing, right? No. Nothing. You, you didn't know. I mean, you knew that you like to, to tell stories and not to give, not to give too much of your story yeah. away, but you know, from what I've heard from you previously say, you like to um, tell stories, but you didn't know how to do it. You know, yeah. do you, is that a major lesson in a roundabout way? Is that a major way that you go and say, you know, let's go do it and we're going to figure it out. Here's the thing, man. Like if you want to do it, you'll do it. Like limiting beliefs sometimes are just hiding in plain sight and you just don't realize it. But whatever you want to do, you are usually the person in the way. You are self-inflicting the barriers and the guardrails and the rules and the bullshit. And sorry if this isn't G-rated, but whatever. Yeah, totally good. You know what I mean? So it, it's, I have, I continue to discover, especially in the last couple of years, whatever I want, like I can make happen. On a long enough timeline, Tom Bill, you always says this, on a long enough timeline, 
with my work ethic and my desire to learn and to just crush, it'll happen. So part of it is a perspective on the patience piece, but the other part is having the actual realistic expectation that if you want it, you will map it out, game plan it, be like, I'm just going to work my face off to get there. Like, like I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, and I'm never trying to sound lofty or, you know, foo-foo or whatever, but I, I say it to my wife all the time, like, I actually don't feel like the things I want to do are out of reach. It's just a matter of time. I love that. And that's, that's a major lesson for everybody. I mean, whether you want to, whatever you want to do, um, you know, set the goals to it, but be realistic about it. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you know, that some of the less, the things that you have aren't going to happen overnight, but that hard work and that motivation to do it. Um, and I'm sure you're probably a pretty, pretty big why guy too, of like why you're doing it and, and focusing on those goals. Um, let's talk, let's talk about goal setting really quick. I mean, yeah. what do you, how do you set your goals and, and where does that come from? My goals Dude, I, I, I truly don't have, like, I can't tell you or point to you or, or find anywhere written down where my goals are. And, and, and trust me, like that's might be detrimental. I know all about goal setting and I know all about the systems out there and that you got to write it down to increase the percentage that it's actually going to happen. Like, dude, here's, here's how I work towards goals. I make habits. I get up early as shit, 401 AM. I don't like getting up on even numbers. So that's like my weird thing. So I get up at 401. And one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, you know, heat up my hot lemon water and I'm going to come in. I'm going to catch up on admin tasks and do my deep creative thinking and whatever I got to do, or I'm going to go to the gym. Okay. So that's one habit. The other habit is on the days I don't go to the gym, I'm going to run five miles. That's this year. uh, But I do like to run generally, but I'm like five miles or nothing. Uh, And then it's like, okay, at this time, I'm going to be with my daughters. And at this time, my wife's taking them to school. And at this time, I'm going to be doing this. It's not about the goals as much as the habits, in my opinion, because if you could get the habits and, and it becomes muscle memory, then all the goals are going to be achievable because you're going to have the mindset of like, this is exactly what I need to do. And I'm, and I know how many reps it's going to take over and over and over and over. And that kind of eases off some of the expectations, loft, not expectations, the false expectations people put on ourselves about, you know, how much time or patience or money or skill or whatever it is that we need. If I read a little bit about entrepreneurship every night or personal branding every night, or if I go on clubhouse every day, like I do, and I contribute and I build a community, like all my goals will kind of fall into place and the goals will start to formulate themselves. And I'll at least have a better picture than if I just told you a goal right now. And in three months, you'd be like, Hey, how's that going? I'd be like, I don't know, man, like things changed, but my habits didn't change. Right. And that's what matters, man. That like consistency, dude, if people see consistency, like that's inspiring, not just someone who hits their goals. Yes. I love that perspective too, because I mean, everybody's like, all right, let's have this goal. Let's reverse engineer it, which I think it's important to have at least have a target, but maybe, maybe some people who don't have the discipline, maybe it was the military in you, or just, maybe you're just a very disciplined person for people who aren't as disciplined. Maybe they need that specific goal. But if yeah. you already have you, it sounds like you have a really good focus on your habits. And, you know, if you follow Rich on LinkedIn too, um, you'll see he, he posts that water every single morning, right? Or going to the gym or whatever he's doing, <laughs> which I can't wait to get into personal brand too, because, you know, I feel like I knew you before we even were talking, which is what personal brand to me seems like it's all about. You're being genuine and realistic. Um, but I think that just to get back on the habits, I mean, those are incredible habits. And, and for people 
you know, whether you're in a successful position or not, I mean, I think that trying to just get those habits, you don't have to wake up at 401. There's no shame in that, right? That's what works for Rich. That may not work for everybody. I know for sure that doesn't work for me. Um, But that's incredible, dude. I mean, like, that is really, really crazy. Now, um, I'd like to to switch gears a little bit uh, before we get into the the, the personal branding. I want to talk, because this is another important piece of your life, I think, the overcoming the tough times. And you have to listen to the first episode of the Leadership Locker because Rich does a great job of, of laying out really what happened with his life. Um, but just to, to kind of cut right into the story, you end up founding yourself messaging with Claude Silver, who's, who's the chief <laughs> yes. officer at, at VaynerMedia, uh, yeah. working with Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm, I think everybody yeah. knows him. Um, yeah. But for those who are going through a tough time right now, I mean, just for context, this is March 1st. Uh, we're still in COVID, right? Uh, there's some people in Texas who just got over a deep freeze. Um, you know, how do you, what's your mentality around the tough times and, and how do you push through them? Tough times are not forever, but I'm so glad you mentioned Claude because she said to me, you are more in the driver's seat than you think. I was literally in this position where I was feeling the golden handcuffs. I was feeling uh, the lack of camaraderie. I was feeling, you know, like a black sheep in an organization where I knew I was bringing a, a ton of value and being insanely productive and being a great leader, at least in my opinion. I mean, no, nah, you know what, man? I was a great leader because my teams were insane. You know, my, my hourly associate associates performed at such a high level. I'll never forget when I was asked to write a white paper on it and the systems and processes specifically. I'm like, I fucking talk to them. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I teach them things. I come out of meetings and I try to educate them on business so they don't feel like an hourly associate who does one thing for 10 hours straight. So you're getting, you're getting more than just that, you know, pushing those buttons or whatever. You're actually giving them the context of that, of that, what's going on. Is that of course, of course. So it's incredibly important to let them know at the end of the day, like I didn't just help someone get their shampoo and conditioner on time. It's more than that. So I always went about it that way. So anyway, the point is, I felt like a very high performer and some my 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 evaluations from my peers and subordinates and everything were very high. When it came to people above me, it was a little bit different. And that's because I pushed back a lot on, on things that on the type of leadership styles that really circulated around the metrics. And and I just here's one thing about me. I, I can't help but push back, man. Like and I kind of mentioned it at the very beginning. Like I, I didn't want to settle to kind of just be like the typical manager and fall in line. I don't like to fall in line. And I fell in line for 17 years in the Marine Corps, but that was, you know, with honor and really willing to do it. So it was a rude awakening on the outside. So uh, back to, you know, the whole being in the driver's seat, I just, I acted like I was a victim of, you know, some sort of weird circumstance and the company was owning my life and people were emailing me after my shift and I was on a night schedule and all these different things. And it was just a complete lack of personal accountability that led to tough times where I was drinking heavily. I was taking a lot of risks at work. Like I just didn't care. I always kind of reflect on this and think to myself, it's like I was setting myself to up to get fired because I was a coward. Like I didn't have it in me to be like, I'm out of here. Like, so, so I was kind of just in a roundabout way 
self-destructing. And I met Claude and we talked and then little by little, I started to believe what she was saying until at one point I was just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I talked to my wife. She's like, oh, she's like, you're done. You're done. You know, like it's, it's fine. Walk away. And I was like, well, like, I didn't even know I could do that. Right. So, right. um, so what I learned through all that to answer your question fully is you're not a victim of anything. And Gary Vee always says it, right? Anyone who's ever been in your position and who's gotten to the other side is the reason why you have no excuse. And that's exactly how I feel. But dude, I was 38 years old at the time. Like you don't think you could make big critical decisions at that juncture in your life without having the floor fall out from under you. Right. And it's actually not that way because if you choose yourself and happiness and your purpose and your why, and you are able to, you know, withstand all the, the byproducts of what that's going to be and summon your patients and just be like, look, like we're going to be okay. And you have that support from your family and all these other things, then dude, you will end up on the other side. It just takes, just, you don't have to let it get to a point where it's catastrophic, right? You don't have to wait. Like no matter how far down a, the wrong road you go down, you could always turn around period. I love that piece of advice, man. That is, that is so great. I mean, I'm sure there's people who, uh, people out there who may feel like they are down the, the same road or, or have those golden handcuffs of I'm making way too much money right now. I mean, even like Heather Monahan's story, right? I mean, she, she felt like she's another great example too. I think of, um, do what you want to do. Right. I mean, um, so, and I think what it comes down to as well is it comes down to that hard work and determination that you were mentioning before all of those habits leading you into, all right, you know, maybe I will be able to succeed on my own because this is, this is where we are. Cause I think to bring it back a little bit, I mean, people are probably nervous to leave those jobs of because of, you know, because of, am I going to make much, that much money? Am I going to do this? But I think that those habits that you mentioned previously, if you're going to continue to work hard, you're going to be strict. Um, I think that that's a great way to, to kind of jump, um, you know, into your business now. Um, you know, let me say one thing, sorry. Like it, 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 it sounds so ridiculously cliche to be like, you know, do what you want. But the only reason you talk yourself out of doing what you want is exactly what you're saying, which is like, if you haven't practiced over time, the habits of being like, I'm walking away from this relationship, you know, or I'm not going out to drink tonight. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to, I don't need to go out and hang out with my friends and drink tonight because you know what? I actually want to stay home. If you don't practice this in like little ways over and over and over, those things are going to, those, those moments in your life are going to seem completely insurmountable. So you want to be on the other side of that. So little daily deposits of practicing, you know, not settling and, and doing what really motivates you and drives you is going to be the difference maker. Dude, that is, that is incredible. I knew this conversation was going to be good, but I didn't realize we were going to get there. So this, this is great, man. I want to talk social media, personal brand, and of course, your media company as well. So uh, personal brand, you mentioned that um, everything you do, you say you post on LinkedIn or, or whatever social medium you're using um, is your brand. But why is personal brand so important? Yeah, dude, I, I, like personal branding to so many people is just this gross word and, and people have so many different criticisms about it. But it doesn't matter if you think you've uh, not worked on your personal brand or worked on it, it's already there. Like how you show up 
on, on multiple different platforms, how you show up in person, how you show up as a podcast host, how you show up as a podcast guest, all of it is relevant to your personal brand. If I was late to this, it might have pissed you off. And you might've said, dude, don't worry. Like, you know, like it's all good, but maybe you'd be pissed off. Cause you're like, this guy used to be a Marine. Like where's the discipline? <laughs> or at least he could have given me a heads up like he was going to be five minutes late. That's your personal brand. So I don't want to hear the, the, you know, the people who have any kind of uh, antagonistic thing to say about a personal brand. But here, here's why it's important. Because, you know, a lot of people say a personal brand is what people say about you, you know, when, when, you, when you leave the room or anything like that. But the personal brand is something that you don't want to let get away from you. Uh, meaning, I, I, I take the pictures and I do the Instagram and LinkedIn stories of what I do every morning because I am trying to demonstrate consistency. I want people to know it, it doesn't matter if you never work with me. I want you to know that like the dude is dialed in. I want, I am choosing to share that with you because somehow that's going to linger in the back of your head. Next time you are thinking you might need something or want some help or want to ask me some, you know, anything. So not only that, but how are you showing up? How are you showing up virtually? Because you said you felt like you know me a little bit just by watching some of the content. Well, for many of us, relationships are the key to the next job offer, the next move, the next business, the next everything, client, the next anything. So if you have the ability to share who you are and to show up intentionally and not fabricate, and I don't mean, excuse me, maybe that's not the right, not fabricate, but not exaggerate who you are and what you do just being and yourself people, right yeah if, if people get a sense of what it's like to to be around you then you've reduced 50 percent of the nonsense you've reduced like hey what do you do or yeah how many kids you have like all, all that small talk like larry david said it once like i hate small talk i just want to skip to medium talk same thing here Okay, if someone wants to hire you and you have a presence on LinkedIn and they could go look at some of your insightful content and that you post really good professional content and maybe a little bit about your personal life, that might be the difference between someone and me who doesn't post anything and I have a resume and I, I interview well because I've interviewed a lot because anyone could be really good in an interview. Right. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? So the difference is take the guesswork out for people. And I'm not saying you have to do social or you have to have a podcast or anything, but you have to think about how you are presenting yourself. And, and look, I'm not trying to say to be anything that you're not. And I'm not saying you need to share all of your entire life, but personal branding is literally probably, if there's any hack to anything, this is one of those things because you don't have to do a lot of work to be exactly who you are right. ever. It's like, it's already there. So whatever you don't want people to think about you, they already are. Whatever you want people to think about you, they probably already are if you're demonstrating some of it. So it's, 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 it's critical. And I, I mean, dude, I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah. I mean, in, in personal branding is really one of those interesting things too, because even if you don't want to post videos or, or, or do any of that stuff, you're still showing up in comments. If you're going to just comment on somebody's post, or you're going to do something like that to try to establish some kind of thought leadership or, or whatever you may have you, you could still get that out through those, those, those comments. But um, I want to ask, why do you think video is so important to brands if people are interested in doing those videos? I felt like I knew you five minutes into this. I was like, this dude's awesome. Like super chill, great host already. 
Uh, he literally demonstrated to me that he did some research. I, it was great. I was like, this that that allows me to be like, I need to make sure I try and come out at 11 out of 10 on this thing for him, right? So, so that's because I got to see you. I saw your mannerisms, like it matched with your tonality. Like I could see the charisma, the enthusiasm, the hand gestures, all these little things. But when you try and show up on video a certain way, like it's easy to see through that. So personal branding on video is important because I help unwrap you. Like that's my specific skill, dude. It's not video. It's helping unwrap you. So you show up exactly as your authentic self. So that way there's no inconsistencies when anyone takes it to the next level. Right. Video really accelerates. I could read your text posts all day long and I probably won't because I don't like to read. <laughs> I could see your awesome image of whatever and your quote and I might think that's okay as well. And maybe it's an image of you. And I'm like, okay. But if I see you, I already know, man. And if you show up over and over, like I already know. Uh, it, it, it accelerates the ability for someone to just imagine themselves on the other side of a conversation with you and potentially what it would be like to do business with you, what it would be like to hire you, what it would be like to interview you. I mean, all these different things, it's, it's a great accelerator, not to mention that's, that's, you know, those are important, but here's the thing. You can't tell me a social media aside from clubhouse that doesn't prioritize video. Videos prior, like the engagement rate on my videos on LinkedIn is always double digits versus a text post, like maybe 2%. It's, and I have all the analytics to prove it. So it's your choice. It's your choice, you know? So just think about how, how, how social media platforms are trying to push it. TikTok exploded. Instagram Reels has incredible organic reach right now. LinkedIn has crazy reach right now. It's, it's, it's everywhere, man. And I don't think it's going away. Wow. That is incredible. And, and I think the, the, and thank you so much for the kind words as well, man. Um, so, I mean, show up as yourself is what you're saying, but show up in the media and the platform in the area that you feel most comfortable with being genuine, being authentic about it. Now uh, I want to jump into to maybe some people who don't do video right now or, or are interested potentially in doing it. So um, somebody's trying to build brand with video they may not have all the podcast equipment, the best cameras. Uh, how do you recommend somebody starts? And then what would be some other topped in, we'll just keep LinkedIn for right now, some top LinkedIn video advice that you would recommend to get started? Yeah, so for LinkedIn video, number, well, for, for video in general, you don't need all the things we have. Trust me, I don't need a lot of what I had and you, and you don't need a lot of video editing software or all these things. So let me give you one app. Uh, that you could use when you record videos on your phone. Yep. So your phone is all you really need. And the app you would need to edit some of the videos is called InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T, the okay. InShot app. It is crazy intuitive. I probably, I get so many questions on it. I think I'm going to have to make like a YouTube series or LinkedIn series on it, but it is incredibly intuitive. But if you don't make video or you don't want to buy anything or you don't want to do anything nuts, all you need is your phone. But like the real, real question is like, how do I start? What do I say? What, what do you know? What, like, what is your expertise? What can you talk about with your eyes closed and for hours on end? What, what would it be? Right. So, so that's one like, so for me, like, okay, personal branding, entrepreneurship, military transition. I could talk about my daughters for freaking ever. Like, I mean, come on. So what do you like to talk about and what are you an expert in? Sometimes those, those uh, paths converge and sometimes they don't, and that's fine. That just gives you more content. 
but you have to pick out what you could comment or what you could post intelligently about. Now, do you need to make a minute long video? No, you should probably stick with a shorter video. Here's the other thing, especially for LinkedIn. Here's like a really, really big tip. If you're making video on LinkedIn for the first time, chances are you probably don't have like a massive following and you're not like a quote unquote influencer or anything like that. So let's just say you have a thousand connections, maybe, maybe 2000. And you decide, uh, I was just listening to the 20% podcast. So I'm going to start making videos because Rich said it's really easy. Cool. <laughs> Make it short. And you know what? How, you know how many people are going to see one of your videos? You think LinkedIn's going to push it out to all thousand of your connections? No, hell no. They're going to pass. They're going to show it to like 10 people. And if a couple of those people like give it a, some engagement or a comment or anything like that, they'll show it to a few more people. But the point is this. You could screw up all day long. Don't delete your posts, have it for posterity, but you could screw up all day long because not a lot of people are watching. I am so sorry to upset you, but it's actually in your favor that not a lot of people are watching because you are going to be locked in and airtight when everybody's watching. Okay, so take it slow, keep it short, keep it simple. If I were going to make my first video about podcasting right now and I never touched a, a, anything before, I would get my camera. I would put it on selfie mode or I have my wife use the lens on the outside, which is a little bit better. But hey, honey, can you hold this real quick? I'd be like, I like to be behind the mic, not in front of a camera, but this is me out of my comfort zone. Uh, let me know what you guys think. You know, who cares? And even if I said something like that was a screw up right there, like, let me know what you guys think. Think about what? Right. <laughs> Post. But you could save it with the copy. You can save it with the copy. So, okay, what am I going to put for the text for the post? So the video can be saved by the copy and maybe the copy could be saved by the video. So either way, you have to use the tools available. And if you haven't been posting any video and you're prominent, you know, as far as like engaging on LinkedIn and stuff like that, then use the skills you know to kind of, you know, help withstand maybe the not so great other aspect that you're trying to get better at. So that's what I would say. You, all you need is all you need is your, your phone. All you need is to be genuine. All you need is to post it and do it over and over and over. And guess what? People are going to say in a month or two months or three months, they're like, wow, your content's getting a lot better. I'm like, oh, I, you said, I see you all the time. I think you said earlier. And it's like, yeah, like that's exact. That's music to my ears. When someone's like, dude, I see you all over the place. I'm like, great. Like, <laughs> you're do, that's you're what needs to be happening. Right. And, and, it, and it's so good though, that you say, you know, just, just get started and start doing it because like, you know, if you go back to my first episode, um, I had Drew Cohen on my brother-in-law is incredible guest, but I was just a fool on the podcast. Like I, I cringed listening to that first episode, not for Drew's content, but just how I handled myself. Yep. But now this is 28, 29 in, which yep. I'm still pretty new into it. You're solid, it's, man. It's significantly better. So what it comes down to not, you know, I, I think I got better anyway. Um, so uh, bottom line is just start doing it and don't give a shit if somebody's not watching it. Because for me, if nobody's watching it or I don't get a like on something, I'm doing it for myself or I'm talking to you and I learned something. I hope that it gets at least one other person, right? Um, so bottom line is just keep doing it. Do the things that you love and eventually the following will come. Um, but there's also people like Rich who help to tell that story. So this is, Let this me is say tough. one thing really quick. Uh, let's imagine, just imagine you had a podcast question that's just been like sitting in your brain or a video, of, uh, maybe you had a question about a webcam. Did you use a webcam or a DSLR? What would you do if you saw a video 
in a couple of days that said something like, here's the pros of a web uh, of using webcam. Here's the cons of using a webcam. And here, and I'll go over a DSLR tomorrow. And I have a small audience. It doesn't matter because I know that question exists. And I know if somehow it makes its way into your feed that I helped one person, just like you said. If you imagine one person who needs your help on the other side of that lens, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. Stop thinking about how you're coming across. And, and, I, and I have to say this. When, you know, when I was younger and before voicemail, there's answering machines and like, dude, no one liked to like record their like, hey, you've reached the Cardona's, blah, 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 blah. Like everyone hates how they sound when they leave a message as well. But you leave the message because the message is for them. It's not for you. You would never go delete, you know, mom, I'm going to be home late. I'm at the movies with my friends. You know, I would never delete that because I think I sound stupid. That message needs to be there. So who, who, you know, what do I know? Who needs to know? And do they know? Wow. So it's all about getting that message out to that person, right? Exactly. To just think of one person and, and not you. And next thing you know, you'll be off to the races. Right. And if you think that's a good question, just any question in general, odds are somebody else probably has that question. So let's get that answered. And let's try to find that person. If you're posting that those kind of comments, then you're going to be attracting other like-minded people who are also would like that question answered. So that's probably how you build that brand out too to some of those people as well. This is great, 100%. man. So I have a couple of quick rapid fire questions that I ask yeah, every guest. Um, you mentioned your daughters a couple of times. What is the best piece of parenting advice you have? <laughs> um, it's it's never you didn't lose them, meaning. My one daughter, for example, my young one, she's one. Uh, she, up until probably like her first birthday, was the happiest, most ridiculously smile, smiley baby like ever. And now she's a terrorist. Like she's a straight up terrorist, <laughs> man. Like she screams at the top of her lungs. She throws her food. She says no. I mean, she's super fast and it will like head towards the stairs. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? All, all these, all these things. Okay. That she just didn't do. But what I've learned with the, with the first one. And now I know to have this mindset for the second one is I didn't like lose her. Like this change is, is normal. She's not like going to be a bad kid. She's not going to be this mouthy kid. Just like my daughter who got a second, my first one who got a second wind every night at like nine o'clock, you know, when we all should be in bed would just be wide awake. And I'm like, okay, like you feel like it's going to last forever, but you didn't lose them. Okay. You don't, you didn't lose them in, in your discipline, in the way you're raising them or anything like that. Like you have, kids are impressionable, malleable minds, right? So you will be able to just work your way towards you know, helping them as much as possible. And I don't want to say, I, I really try not to mold her into exactly what I wanted her to be because that's, that's just not how it works. So that's what I would say, man. It's never too late. Like you didn't lose them just because uh, they're having a bad couple of weeks. Wow, that is great. So that's that's good when uh, you feel like every, night in and night out. We have a one-year-old as well. Sometimes like there's a couple bad nights where they're waking up and it's like you're up from 11 o'clock to four o'clock in the morning. Like, oh my God, is this going to be forever? But it's not, <laughs> it's not, right? And, and any parent out there or any future parent, you're going to go through that. And, and, and that's great advice of don't, you know, don't, it's not going to be you probably say to yourself, by the way, what did we do that night? Like, what did we do to screw her up or screw him up? Right. Like, like maybe he ate too late or something like that. Or maybe we we're, maybe the lights were on too. Like, you know, you start asking yourself all these things and you start game planning against it, you know, and then just like, okay. And then the good things mm -hmm. you're like, we got to do that again. 
Oh my God. That's so true. We got to give them that extra ounce of milk. Cause that was it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. if you were going to be teaching a college one-on-one class based upon any of the previous experience that you had, what would you teach and why? I'd say, you don't need to be here. That's what I would say. Talking to college students, I'd be like, you might be studying exercise physiology or nutrition. You probably aren't going to do that because the reality is a lot, a lot of times degrees get you into a circle where you're ever, where you're able to have conversations with people in that industry. So you could get in that industry. So you could get uh, on this path to this career trajectory, to this thing you think you want to do. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, between the ages 20 and 25, so much is going to change between 25 and 30. So much is going to change between 30 and 35. Everything's going to change every week. Something changes. So you don't need to be there. Meaning if you feel like the best investment for you or your parents is your education, I truly believe, you know, as someone who got an MBA really late because I felt like I needed it and now I don't use it. I, I, I never, I, I remember my class on entrepreneurship and, and looking back, it's like completely laughable. You can't keep up with everything, especially if you're going to be anywhere near media like Facebook or anything like that, or in, like, there's no, there's no freaking classes on clubhouse right now. And that's actually an intricate part of entrepreneurship. You got a baby right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, bud. Come on. Hold on. Like, yeah. Bring him in. Come here, buddy. Come on. Come here. Oh man. Hey little buddy. Rich. Hey little buddy. Oh my man. This happened to me not long ago. Hey Say buddy. Hi Rich. Hi. Hey, you making your first podcast appearance? What do you have yes. to say? Yes. Oh man, look at him. This is great. Look at him. Oh, he's, he's, he's waving out all the buttons now. Oh, uh, he can't even hear me, but hey, he's awesome, man. Yeah, hold him, hold on to him. So, so yeah, man. Um, everything change. Everything's gonna change, and and the best piece of advice I could get is, uh, I could give is just to realize that you're gonna have to be flexible. Just like I mentioned, our kids have malleable and impressionable minds. So do we. You went to school for something you don't do right now. You went to school for something you don't do right now. I went to, I, I mean, look, I, I am just a really, really, really big proponent of the fact that you can learn so much faster and deeper through people and through just literally being like, what is my, what are my curiosities? What do I want to learn about? Like people, people really feed off that, right? Like if, right. if we got off this podcast in seven minutes or two minutes or whatever it is, and you want to talk about podcasting and I could really tell that it's important to you to be a good podcaster and that you will really want to learn and that you have a couple of questions about the Roadcaster Pro and all these other things like, dude, I'm going to help you and you don't have to pay me. You understand, like you don't have to go into debt for that. And this is not some anti-college rant. All I'm saying is you have to understand, just like I said at the very beginning, if you want it, you can get it on a long enough timeline, you can get it. But on on a on a curiosity timeline, so to speak, I believe that that curve is going to be very much accelerated. And that you also have to understand that people are going to be let down. And then maybe it's parents, maybe it's you because you work two jobs to pay for school or whatever it is. And you're just going to maybe take a hard right one day and you might find yourself on that right road uh, after being on that wrong road. And, you know, you might be a little pissed for a little while, but you'll probably be very forgiving because you're going to go to bed happy every night and you're going to be able to get up at 401 a.m. and be like, let's go.
dude, that is, that is so incredible. And, uh, and Grayson made his first little appearance. So that was, uh, that was, <laughs> that was awesome, man. Thank you so much for that, that incredible advice. Where could people learn about you, Rich Cardona Media and everything else you're, you're got currently going on? Yeah, absolutely. So here's, uh, I'll, I'll give a couple things. Number one, if you want to learn about LinkedIn, I have tons of videos on YouTube. So the channel's Rich Cardona and there's a playlist called All Things LinkedIn. So if you're a LinkedIn noob, you could go there. The other places, I am on a LinkedIn Clubhouse room. If you're on Clubhouse, um, that goes every morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern to 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And it's myself and some other LinkedIn experts. We're there to answer your questions. Uh, personal branding. I do a room at 1030 to 12, which I know sounds crazy. Like, oh, spending all this time on, on Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he knows why. So, um, so there's that. If you want to get in touch with us, if you're curious about some of our show up and shoot packages where we'll go and, and film three months worth of content for you in four hours, um, let me know. That's info at richcardonamedia.com. But yeah, uh, you know, Rich Cardona on social media, happy to help. And if you have any questions and it came from this podcast, please let me know because I want to make sure uh, Tyler knows. Dude, that is so great. Thank you so much, Rich. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you guys all got as much out of it as I did. If you enjoyed the show, please share it along with your friends as that's the best way that we can spread all this incredible information from our guests. If you'd leave a review of the show on Apple or Spotify, it would mean the absolute world to me. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers.